The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds, 225-2121, or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Guess what day it is. Here we go. Joe Reinagle. That's the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minutes. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Hump day. Hump day. Hump day. Hump day. day. Yeah, boy. <laughs> we had a little double action yeah, going there. Yeah, we it is a great hump day. Uh, it is. Last one of the year. It is about the Blitz that? on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jay Semenix. And on the Buyers Barricades guest line, Jane Slater from the NFL Network. So much going on with the Cowboys. A two-game losing streak. The Lions coming to town. They've released a player. They've elevated an offensive lineman. I, I, I'm curious, Jane, the idea of Matt Walesko, is he finally healthy or Chuma played so poorly they just need somebody else just in case Tyron Smith can't go Saturday? Well, listen, I mean, I know they're talking about depth there, but uh, I had somebody, not internally in the building, but a former player uh, that was looking at the tape and we were kind of talking about the pressure that Dak was getting against the Dolphins, and he said, I don't even know how Chuma Adoga has a job in the league. Oh. I mean, that was their – that was – their observation when just looking at the way that he played. And so, look, I think that they need depth. But, you know, Jerry Jones says it looks like Tyron Smith is trending in that direction. And the vibe I got at the start today was that there seemed to be some hope that he would play. You know, the back thing continues to be an issue. Maybe they get creative and they move Tyler Smith back over there, which would be kind of unfortunate we've seen him do it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, four sacks on the day against them. And now you got Aiden Hutchinson on the other side of that line, uh, for Detroit. It could get ugly for Dak. Well, it really could not. And I'm assuming that Zach Martin came out of that game in Miami. Okay. I know he was a little bit dinged up, questionable going in, but, but he's okay, right? No question with him. Yeah. It doesn't seem like there's going to be a problem with him. Well, that's good news. Certainly. When you look at Walesco, Jane, he hasn't played, he's, he's played three games in two years. That's got to be, I mean, doesn't exude a lot of confidence. Well, it should tell you everything you need to know, right? Because they've had all sorts of offensive line depth issues in recent years, and the fact that he's only played that many games tells you everything that you need to know. Um, you know, Austin Richards has done a really good job for them. Obviously, Tyler Smith has provided a lot of position flex, but this was an issue as we headed into the season. Remember, we said that there were some concerns about this offensive line, and that's why I thought it was, look, you're – Better with a Tyron Smith on the field that's 80% than not having him at all. But I did think it was curious that they were bringing him back, just knowing all of the injuries that Tyron Smith has had in recent years. I mean, I don't think we've had a season in the last couple of years where he hasn't had a neck stinger or a back issue, you know, ad nauseum. So they've, they've got some, they, I think they've got to make some tough decisions moving forward after this season, but you do hope that he can at least hold up and get you through these you know, next couple of weeks in the postseason. You know, Jane, you think about Tyron Smith, when he's out there, he's still one of the best in the league. Not what he was, but still better than option B for sure. And, and again, I've been saying for years, I think it's been since 2015 that he has started every game. He misses three or four games seemingly every year. 
I know the Detroit game is important. You don't want a three-game losing streak, but is you're in the playoffs. You're not going to finish worse than the fifth seed. Do you think the Cowboys staff is discussing, you know what, I don't care if we lose this one to Detroit. I'd rather have a fully functioning, rested, healthy Tyron Smith in January than on December 30th. Agreed, but you also don't want to get your franchise quarterback killed out there either. Yeah, there's that. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, especially when you're playing Detroit, you know, I think that's something that you've got to seriously consider. I mean, I think it's a very real possibility that you could obviously have him sit when they go on the road to face uh, the commanders the following week. But, you know, against this particular pass, which, oh, with that being said, I mean, Washington's still defense. Um, but I would be a lot more concerned about Hutchinson and the Detroit Lions and you know, Tony Pollard, I was talking to him about, you know, just that defense specifically today. I said, you know, Mike McCarthy said something curious this week. He said that, you know, we talk about the 49ers, we talk about the Eagles, but when he looks at the tape, he actually thinks Detroit's going to be their biggest challenge of the season. And when I asked Pollard why he thought that was, he kind of took like a slow breath and he goes, all of the, all of the coverages they have and I said like and he just started rattling them off he was like cover one cover two cover three cover four man shells and so it seems like when they looked to the tape it was a little little daunting to them as to what they can show and then you know my next question then was to Dak you know how do you combat that particularly with CeeDee Lamb who if you get CeeDee Lamb 10 receptions in a game they're four and one this season I think they almost have 10 more points on average in those games and CD didn't know that, but he only had six, remember, in the Miami game. And Dak's only thought was that he could motion for him, you know, misdirect essentially the defense and see if they can quickly adjust, which can be hard. I've heard other teams say sometimes when you go in motion, it's tough. But I think we're going to see a lot more motion uh, this week against that defense just to, you know, help them out. But, again, Dak's got to have a little time back there in order to do that. And if you don't have a healthy offensive line and you're not, and he's constantly under duress, it's going to be hard to execute that. Jane, was there anything to the C.D. Lamb? I know he was frustrated last week, got all the attention in the first quarter, and then uh, they didn't go back to him in the second and third. And he seemed a little frustrated with Mike McCarthy. Anything at all to that? Well, you know, it's a, it's a good point because, you know, as I was trying to cushion it with C.D. today, I said, you know, look, I know it's, it's easy to get emotional after these games. But after looking at the tape, do you, you know, do you still feel that way about being absent? And he, paraphrasing here, it, he, he still stood on it. You know, he stayed on his business still. And so, you know, his thing to this coaching staff, uh, and I even said, you know, have you and Dak talked about it? And it didn't seem like there was – it didn't seem like they were upset over that. And, you know, when I talked to Dak about it, he did say, you know, they rolled the coverage over to him double at times they used the safety you know he was able to get to Brandon Cooks but I said did you see any missed opportunities and he said you know maybe one or two so I don't know if there's a disconnect between these two or not I mean I know I don't think that there's any I don't think it's locker room cancer type stuff if that makes sense but I do think that there is some frustration because this is now the second time we've heard this this season remember it was end of September that he said if you give me the rock I'm going to get it in the end zone and he's had the season that he's had. I don't know why you're not taking those shots at him because we were we also brought the fact, you know, you took that shot with 327 to go to Brandon Cooks and he was getting covered by Jalen Ramsey, you know? So, like, I, I, don't, I don't know what to make of it is, is my point. So I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth. 
what this team has gotten better about than they have in recent years is kind of whispering outside of the locker room, which I think is good for the culture and, and good for moving forward. But I do sense a little frustration there of just like, man, like, why aren't you coming to me? Jane Slater from the NFL Network here on the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. And I think anytime you lose a game, you're frustrated, especially you lose a game that you felt like you could have won. Because that game, you know, kind of like the one in Philadelphia, and there are no moral victories. There are a couple of plays away. Um, you know, a screen pass where, you know, Dak had CD on one side and he went the other way. CD might have scored there based on where the coverage was coming in the Blitz. And, you know, the Tony Pollard play. You got your butt in the end wow. zone, but not not the ball. That's the one. Everybody wants to get mad at the fumble by Hunter. I'm more mad at the play before with, with Tony Pollard. Use your speed, die for the pylon. Or if you're going to try to run somebody over, don't go back in first. I mean, get the ball into the end zone. I did respect Tony Pollard for saying today, because he was asked, did you say anything to you know Hunter Lepke for you know, fumbling with the goal line? He said, no, I'm more mad at myself. I should have gone to the outside versus, you know, or gone, I think, what was it, inside versus the outside. He got stopped when he went to the outside, right? There's so many plays in that game. But he was just saying that he should have trusted himself and gotten himself in the end zone versus what he did on that play. So I appreciated his ownership on that one. Real Uh, quick, Jane, when saying he didn't trust himself, because on that play... He didn't say he didn't trust himself. That was kind of what we were saying about his speed, but he was saying that he should have, he should have, taking a different route than what he did. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I mean. Yeah, I don't need that to be clickbait. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, because my thought was he didn't trust his speed to get to the corner, so he took the shortest distance possible, which meant running over a guy. And we know Tony Pollard isn't really known as a guy that's going to run through you to get, get to the end zone. And this goes back to the point that I harped on at the beginning of the season. Whether... You know, fans were frustrated with Zeke or not. A guy like Zeke would have barreled that one in there yep. because he just imposes his, you know, his physical strength. And if you could have just gotten Zeke back on, you know, $1 million deal, how might he have helped you in some of these situations? It's a hill I'll continue to die on. I mean, I know people are like, move on. He's, you know, with the Patriots, whatever. But I just, I felt like there was a way and there was, if he would have been comfortable with, which I truly think he would have been. Um, I don't think that Zeke was your every down back, but I think he really could have been those back in those third down situations for you. Jane, I've got to ask you about Micah Parsons. I, obviously, he's been chirping quite a bit about not getting any holding calls, and there was stuff all over social media this week. I, Mike McCarthy, I, I know he said it's not an issue. Jerry Jones said it's not an issue. But are you hearing anything or, or people rallying around Micah in this situation? And what do you think he's trying to accomplish with coming out publicly like that? Look, it's tricky, right? Because you continue to call out the refs, and get and and myself, I'll be honest, as an NFL Network employee, I kind of feel like I can't really get in the weeds here too much. Um, but with Micah, it is interesting, and you know, I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. What I love about Micah is that he is authentically himself, and he's not afraid to say what he's thinking. But sometimes I wonder if him vocalizing some of these things helps or hurts the team. And I've kind of gotten just a little bit of a sense of exasperation from some people in the building about how do you manage that. And so while I appreciate that he's speaking out, and I, I, to be frank, I think there's a lot of players that are speaking out this year. I mean, there have been some egregious situations. I mean, what was it, C.D. Lamb got the wedgie in the end zone and that wasn't holding? <laughs> yes, he yeah. did. Uh, and so, I mean, there's, I mean, there have been some egregious takes there, and, and I do think it's something that the NFL needs to look at. And 
Whether we know about it publicly or not, I can only imagine that Jerry is, is having those conversations. But I would also say, as a team, you can't consistently be complaining about the refs. You should be putting yourselves in better situations to win where it shouldn't come down to some of those calls. You know, it's like chicken or egg. Because I think you could yep. make the argument, on that, well, we shouldn't fight that hard and have some of these games come down to calls. I get that. But then my other argument is, you shouldn't have games come down to just those calls. Well, and again, you're the most penalized team, and then you're not drawing flags when you think yeah. you, you should be drawing flags. And, you know, exposure apparently isn't a penalty because that could have been pass interference holding. Well, that that could have been a variety of things. And <laughs> in any other workplace environment, you're going to the HR office. But what's so funny about this is, like, Sean Payton, one of the, one of the reasons he told me that New Orleans was frustrating to him was because it was a small market. He didn't always have... Uh, the flexibility to fight some of these penalties. He felt like he was always picked on, always penalized, whatever. And here you are, America's team, Jerry Jones, he's constantly chirping in Roger Goodell's ear. He certainly gets an earful of it. And now you got the Cowboys being the most penalized team in the league. So, you know, I, I don't think they necessarily pick on on these players. But, I mean, Micah does have a point. But to some extent, it's like, let your owner handle it. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, you know. Maybe. I, I don't know. I mean, we'll see if he gets a holding call this week. I, mean, I think we're at 30-some-odd quarters now that Micah Parsons has not drawn a flag, which seems incredible. Just incredible. Yeah. yeah. Not, not one. You know, just throw him a bone in the first quarter. <laughs> just right, just to, to end the streak. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Hopefully the Cowboys end the losing streak. Saturday night game. Make sure you follow Jane on Twitter, at Slater NFL. Jane Slater from the NFL Network. Uh, have a great rest of your week. Appreciate you. Appreciate you guys. Bye-bye. Good stuff. Jane Slater on the Buyer's Barricades guest line where they provide traffic control, rental, and sales for San Antonio and beyond online at buyersbarricades.com.